Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have eye-opening conversations with all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all you first-time and newer listeners. Really glad you're here and hope you're having a good day. Really quick, before we start, if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar. Links are in the description. Thanks for your support. My guests today are an internationally acclaimed couple based in Mexico. With over 25 years of experience, they've taught, performed, and competed all over the world. They've choreographed numerous shows, appeared in multiple TV programs and commercials. They've also performed for heads of state and royalty, including the King of Jordan. They're also well known for organizing the famous Tango Maya Fest in Cancun, Mexico. All right, and with me now are Alejandro Orozco and Luciano Brigante. Thank you both for being on the podcast. It's really wonderful to be hearing from you. Thank you so much for inviting us. And, you know, it's the first time that I hear someone saying Orozco in, oh. in, with a fet, <laughs> like real Spanish should be. Yeah, I studied, I-, I studied in Spain um, in 98. And, uh, yeah, wonderful time. And all my Spanish teachers were all from Spain, so it kind of rubbed off Hola. on me. Oh, yeah, you can, you, you can jugar un poquito, and, you know. I don't, I don't even pronounce my last name like that, uh, Joe. When I pronounce my last name, is you know, Orozco. Right. Not, not like in Spain, but you're doing it great, oh, better thank than you. me. <laughs> yeah. So how are things in Mexico going? Well, are you talking about the this pandemia? Or yeah, how are you? About... How are you doing? <laughs> well, um, in Mexico, the pandemia it's kind of uh, difficult to explain because mm. they recommend to do uh, to what all the people is being recommended, but it's not mandatory. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a suggestion. Yeah, and I think we are doing good in terms of many numbers. The only number that we don't like is the number of people that we are losing, mm-hmm. uh, the deaths, uh, because Mexico has been through uh, feeding habits since the last 80 years mm-hmm. where you, we can find so many uh, issues in people that it's totally connected with the disease from this virus. So mm-hmm. uh, we are losing a lot of people. We are not doing that bad in general terms. Yeah. Uh, still scary, yeah. but we are locked down since already many months. Since the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. We just get up. Actually, we were in Buenos Aires because we normally do two to three tip, uh, trips to Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. And we were in Buenos Aires when all this news of the pandemia start coming up. Yeah. Uh, so we just get up from Buenos Aires on perfect time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we came to Mexico. We celebrate Luciano's birthday on uh, March 3rd. Mm-hmm. And that was the last kind of family Weekend. party we had. Yeah. And then we have been locked down in our house. Since then. Since uh, then. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're going out, of course, but not to have any social meeting or any social contact or anything. Just, mm-hmm. you know, um, this week we are, we are starting to do some kind of business, you know, pictures and uh, going, you know, doing kind of photo shooting things that they are very safe. And now certain business, they are reopening with a lot of restrictions, but mm-hmm. they are coming back to 
previous uh, stages, you know, like they yeah. open up and they close again and so on. So yeah. it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so both of you had a lot of tango experience and dance experience in general. So how, how did you both fall in love with, with tango? Well, my story, you know, I'm Mexican. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know. I don't, Mexican. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Mexico and um, I had a very tanguero family. Not mm. in dance-wise, but they really enjoyed music. Mm -hmm. In Mexico, they love tango, especially mm. our grandparents and mother. Maybe new generations, not that much, but it used to be very popular. Mm -hmm. So my family was uh, like, uh, you know, fans of tango, and I grew up listening to tango music. Mm -hmm. And when I was about 11, uh, I think I saw this TV show called Solo Tango. Mm-hmm coming from Argentina, oh, and yes. I fall in love with the tangueras, you know, the tango show and the dresses. And and from then, I told my mom, Mommy, I want to do that <laughs> since I was 11. <laughs> and when I was 15, I, I found a place to start dancing tango. Okay. And from then, I never stop. I totally fall in love. It's been a nice experience because I started with tango show, mm -hmm. and then... I, I found the tango salon mm -hmm. and more the social tango. And now, you know, I'm more in love of that. Mm -hmm. Thanks to Luciano, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of that. It's, it's, a, it's a quick um, yeah. beginning. It was quick. Mm -hmm. uh, but I never let tango go away after that. Nice. Wow. How about you, Luciano? How did you fall in love with tango? I always tell the story like exactly that it was. You know, I mm -hmm. was a teenager. I was dating a girlfriend mm -hmm. at that time. I was a musician and a, an artist, you know, from, mm -hmm. from early stage. So I was also very bad to talking to, to ladies, you mm -hmm. know, to, to hang out and say something because I'm very bad for, for small talks. Mm -hmm. So very bad with, with that. And when I discovered tango and I saw that I was pretty good, kind of many things uh, come together number one i was kind of being the musician like i was a frustration i had i was a, i had a lot of frustration in my musician time mm. because i'm dyslexic mm. so learning process for me was like seeing these thoughts very blurred all the time so it was a point for me in, mu in music that mm -hmm. i i had to stop because i couldn't uh, go farther because i didn't know mm -hmm. that i was uh, dyslexic, dyslexic. Yeah. i knew like after I moved from, from Buenos Aires because I'm from Argentina. Mm -hmm. And when I discovered tango, I kind of, everything kind of went together, you know, because it was a, a very nice way to relation with someone without talking mm -hmm. and feeling the music in the way that I couldn't play, mm -hmm. you know, and dancing and doing even more things that just the violin allowed me to do. So I am... Um, it started like um, like a skate where all the all actually everything takes took me there, you know. All the um, all the things that I've been been doing, I could see that tango was the tool that was taking that it was going to take me to all these places, you know, that, that I wanted inspiration. I'm very fast. I started becoming very good. I, when I was six months uh, dancing, I already had my first work proposition. Wow. 
dance with Ruben Juarez in a private party with my partner. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of thrilled, you know. I was like, oh, I'm really good doing this. And people <laughs> like it and recognize me. Mm -hmm. It's Sunderland Club. And when I come in, people say, hello, Luciano. So it's just very, it was like a place for me. Mm -hmm. It was meant to be. Yeah, I yeah. 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 So what was your very first tango lesson like? Well, it's funny because, um, again, you know, I was in Mexico, which is totally not the same like tango in Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. So in 2000, we had just a few teachers coming from Argentina mm -hmm. and well, I didn't know. So I just found out this lesson that they were doing in the, in the National University. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was uh, the teacher. He was not only tango teacher. He was more like salon, you know, like all type of ballroom dances, but Latin ballroom. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got an introduction of salsa and, uh, and dance on and all these type of uh, social dances. Mm -hmm. It was very easy, honestly, from the beginning, just like Luciano, I think I had that. I'm not going to say gift. I'm just going to say it was easy for me mm -hmm. to learn it. And yeah. uh, I became the immediately like the, the help. How do you say? I was helping the teacher. Yeah, yeah, assisting. Yeah, yeah. Assistant, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the word. But probably that was not, that was the beginning in Mexico. Okay. And then I started to do tango show, mm -hmm. which was different because it's not like you go and you, in that moment, mm -hmm. you didn't have any schools for tango show. It's not that you go and learn the tango show. It's like, you do yourself and maybe you get together with certain dancers and you put choreographies together. Mm -hmm. That was my experience, a little bit more like autodidactic in that mm -hmm. time. And, and looking at those videos, you know, in that old format, you know, for looking at Forever Tango and trying to catch up with the sequences they were doing. Uh, it was it was interesting. And I think I never had like the same experience like Luciano had, you know, he had like a real experience with milongueros from traditional style. It, my experience was very different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. And how about you, Luciano, your first tango lesson, do you remember? <clears throat> of course, it was my first lesson. Uh, well, after that, I had this encounter with with my friends and mm -hmm. the story is that i was going to pick up my friends to go to a bar mm -hmm. and i see my girlfriend and her friend uh, also girlfriend were dancing together mm -hmm. and i was and i arrived it's like what the hell are you doing there were both of them <laughs> were ballet dancers mm -hmm. i always liked uh, you know uh, this kind of thing body you know very tall Mm -hmm. like dancers we are always you know right so mm -hmm. i always had the chance to be around dancers and they were doing these moves and that move and it was like what the hell are you doing i love that can you show me <laughs> said, sure and in five minutes they show me the salida sandwich mm -hmm. and you know like a little sacada oh. in five minutes literally and I got hooked immediately. And then they say, okay, Luciano, why don't we go to the class and insist so much in going. Mm -hmm. That class, my first official class, with, uh, it was with my first teachers, Aldo and Chimbela Diacono. Mm -hmm. We each had, um, both of them have a factory, leather factory. Mm. And they closed it down uh, because it was like the bad times in Argentina mm. during the 80s and the 90s. Oh, yeah. And they needed to close it down. So they started teaching tango 
uh, back in the 80-something. So I arrived in the 96 to this school and I learned from them like the best basics from Bishurkisa because that's, I did, without knowing, I, it's, you know, imagine that you are, um, I don't know, um, some, let's say you don't know what you have until you get out of your world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I didn't know. I was from the neighborhood and I arrived the best school that I could ever arrive. Imagine that you are mm -hmm. a neighbor from Yale and then you don't know that you're studying one of the most important universities in the world mm -hmm. until you get out of there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you get the recognition. Yes. And then mm. it's like, oh, you are coming from there? Yes. What's the big deal about it? It's not every old school's like that. And right. people say, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So that's the point, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing in the school that I was doing. Mm -hmm. I just put my trust 100% that since this is something so particular from Argentinians, mm -hmm. learning from Argentinians, I I was in the right place, you know. I yeah. I didn't have any anything to to doubt about. So I entregué Mm -hmm. I gave myself totally to them yeah. and I learned as much as I could until they told me you are ready for the next uh, teacher. Yeah. Okay. That's so, it's yeah. so interesting because uh, now, of course, I know this, this uh, Luciano background, of mm -hmm. course, <laughs> but now that I'm listening again, I'm like comparing his story with my story and it's so different, you know, because maybe it, it was kind of at the same time, but in Mexico we had just like super, super few teachers and, and they were bringing a tango mm -hmm. that it was a little bit more um, like kind of American tango. I don't know if that happened to you, Joe, like, you mm -hmm. know, in America at the beginning, you guys dance more like a ballroom tango. Y yeah, that's that's very distinct from Argentine tango. And exactly. yeah, <laughs> so. so And most of us that mm -hmm. we were passionate about tango, we knew that we wanted to do that, but we were like kind of finding the way. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was so funny. If you, if you see my videos, mm -hmm. oh, no, no, I don't want to show those videos, but <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> it okay. was very funny, very different from mm -hmm. what I do now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember when you both came to visit here in Madison. I still remember this was even though this was years ago, there was a really wonderful workshop on molinetes and ochos really great technique and that actually really changed my whole way of thinking and teaching ochos and, and technique and the molinetes yeah so with with all the learning that you both went through what's some really good or some memorable advice that you got from some of your own teachers that really helped you wow uh, do we have another hour <laughs> <laughs> or two or three well it's so so many it's so uh, the question is beautiful but very wide yes. right we can we can go so many places you know i think it's it's you are asking me something like what would you uh, what comment did you receive from your parents that you didn't like and then after a while that you become a father you realize that this you know you understand the question yeah. later you know uh, talking about uh, something that happened yesterday with today's newspaper <laughs> so, so in that moment mm -hmm. It so, was it was about my in that moment that I was receiving all these amazing training. advices. The only thing that I could say is like since that all the teachers has their own book mm -hmm. 
and you cannot say and you can't say that what they have to teach is not good because they are doing it they are a great example of of what they want to teach you maybe they are not the greatest teacher in the way that they express with words but they mm-hmm. are amazing examples with their body you know it's like yeah. don't do what i say do what i do and that mm-hmm. will be it so no having said that in that moment what i knew that everybody was having their own book it was using my common sense and my ability of question things without telling the other person that is not right, without telling my teacher, you know, this teacher told me one thing and you're telling me the other thing is I trying to understand mm-hmm. best as I could in that moment. But today, the thing that I can say from what I was learning, mm-hmm. they always mention do it from your heart, do it from with a passion, too much technique, it will kill you, even though which is great, and they believe that it's great, mm-hmm. if the technique too much is, it's too much, and passion, you know, and feeling the things that you're doing, and following your, your values that you learn from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you have to find one, mm-hmm. or many, <laughs> in order to create your own character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think every teacher gives you advices depending the stage of your mm-hmm. personality or your life mm-hmm. where you at in that moment. And that's why it's so valuable because that's the process of mentoring. Uh, when you have that opportunity, like having a teacher that is teaching you almost every day during years, mm-hmm. that becomes a mentorship. It's not mm-hmm. only a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I think Luciano had that with their teachers in Buenos Aires. Yeah, I lived with them. He, I, I lived tango with them. Uh, I, they, they were not only one class for me was like six hours in their house, mm-hmm. eating, drinking mate, mm-hmm. uh, learning from the good things and the bad things too. Yeah. You know, so it's... it's uh, yeah, so I guess the advice yeah. that they can give you is more like a life experience. Live the tango, <laughs> yeah. don't study tango, mm-hmm. live the tango. Yeah. And that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I had a lesson once with a teacher from, from Argentina, and then it was at night, and he poured some wine. And, you know, I expected, okay, I, I, you know, I'm going to study tango, I'm going to be a good student. <laughs> but he's like, no, no, you know, have some wine. And then we, I mean, we had a lesson, but it was, again, it was more, you know, like you said, more like eating and breathing it instead of taking a class, you know. So it was, exactly. But you know why? Mm-hmm. I, I have the reason why. And it's very precise. Mm-hmm. After tango come back from the dark ages where, well, you know, you know, mm-hmm. wartime in yep. Argentina, you know, extreme right against the left. And mm-hmm. uh, tango was not allowed to, you couldn't get right. together with anyone. So mm-hmm. when you come back, after 15, 20 years of stopping tango, mm-hmm. are, are you going to do it without a glass of wine? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's not because of the glass of wine. It's because of the fact that I'm doing what I'm enjoying to do. I'm not yeah. here just to give you bullshit. So mm-hmm. I will have a glass of wine. If you want to have the time with me, do it. And mm-hmm. that is much more tango. Yeah. And that's actually how it grows, mm-hmm. socially speaking, than in the academy. Mm-hmm. So tango has been teaching outside in an academic way. Yeah. And that is what is taking us away sometimes from Buenos Aires realities, you know, yeah. Buenos Aires in particular. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that that's exactly right. I love what you said about, you know, you have to live tango, not necessarily study it. Yeah, so that was one of my bad habits was I was sort of always in this sort of study mode when I was doing tango and you know, learning to live it. It's been helpful, very, very helpful for me. So what were some bad habits that you both used to have and how did you resolve them? I'm going to start with that because I had much more bad habits for sure. In terms of learning, you mean? Any, any way you want to take the question. Learning, yeah. dancing, uh, anything. Uh, I will tell you my bad habits. At the beginning, I was imitating mm -hmm. without analyzing and without making those moves appropriate to my body or owning that dance. Mm -hmm. So I was very interested in copying in kind of uh, doing it like they do it. Mm -hmm. They meaning who, whoever was my inspiration in that time. Mm -hmm. And so when you copy and you don't own, then it's difficult to enjoy because mm -hmm. you're not yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm still working on that, of course. After many, many years, I still try to, to own those uh, concepts and the ideas of tango. And, um, and always to identify if that is coming from my feeling or coming from my mind, mm -hmm. because that's like a very bad habit that because my personality, I always go to my mind. Sometimes for art, you need to let go and mm -hmm. you need to go more to your body and to your feelings and to express without fears. So it's something that you got to your bad habits is something that I guess that you have to keep working forever. It's, it's but how do you know what a bad habit is? Because I'm throwing the question, like mm -hmm. turning a little bit around uh -huh. because I'm thinking what you're saying, but which is bad habit without knowing that it's a bad habit? It's, we were, like we were talking again, it's like I arrived at this school that it was the best without knowing that it's the best. That's how why long? you don't know what is a bad but habit. Well, but because <laughs> I was lucky. Yeah. So what is that make me as a student not having one or what Do that you... will be for students not to have a bad habit? How they know that are doing a bad habit when they don't know what a bad habit is inside of tango? Yeah, that, that's a good mm -hmm. question. Yeah. Uh, well, I have an answer. Uh, you have an answer? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I refound and <laughs> remake the question around. Okay. And then, that's my style, Joe, dear Joe. Um, I think when this comes from your culture, this comes from the house and the culture and the education that you come, that you bring from your family, meaning mm -hmm. you need to investigate always. You need to investigate always. You can't take a class without knowing who is leaving the class, if he has the skills or not. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this today because in back th that time I was lucky, mm -hmm. but I could have not that be that luck and arrive into other, another school, but it was going to be about me Mm -hmm. to find out why because i did have other teachers that didn't understand anything they were talking about <laughs> and i was blaming me myself saying luciano you're not ready for this teacher yet mm -hmm. that's something that you're not understanding mm -hmm. so it was me that i was daring to investigate and saying this is for me this is not for me and you will have mm -hmm. all the options at your hand to take the decision what are you going to do next mm -hmm. So the bad habit is not to investigate. The bad habit is to not to know what you're doing. It's not knowing or not caring and yeah. just trusting. 
Mm-hmm. Because even I like a student that doesn't trust me. Why? Because I like that someone asks me certain questions that push me to become a better teacher. Mm-hmm. So the student for me that never make a question, he's being indoctrinated more than trying to learn something from yeah. deeper, you know? He's mm-hmm. like, okay, just tell me what to do and I will do it. I don't want to think right. anymore. Yeah. And that's not the way that I mm-hmm. suggest that we should learn at least tango or any cultural dance or any culture mm-hmm. that is made by hands and with your people and with the wine and with the pizza or the meat or whatever you need, mm-hmm. you know? That's mm-hmm. why every, like every culture dance tango a little bit differently mm-hmm. and I can say that the Mexicans could have different bad habits mm-hmm. in tango than Americans or mm-hmm. people who lives in US or Canada and of course different bad habits from people who lives in Argentina or Europe mm-hmm. or Europe so yeah. that that is uh, I could tell you some bad habits from Mexicans <laughs> <laughs> no but it's not the point the point mm-hmm. is what yeah. not how ha- which is the what how to avoid that bad habit keep mm-hmm. investigating yeah keep well, questioning and know yourself for instance mm-hmm. I know that Argentinians when you teach them how to embrace embrace the tango in the very beginning we don't have to extend that topic as much as when we go to other countries mm-hmm. because probably for them and for other latin countries the embrace and the hug is like supernatural yeah yes yeah. and and you know that joe for sure mm-hmm. and for instance mexicans we have a background which is like all our dances are very drum based you know so we jump a lot okay when we dance And mm-hmm. of course, when, when you see Mexicans, I'm not generalizing, mm-hmm. but when you see some of the Mexicans dances, uh, when they're dancing milonga, they're jumping it mm-hmm. more than, you know, understanding mm-hmm. the cadencia but of the them, milonga. Mm-hmm. It's a bad habit? They don't know that it's a bad habit. So probably. what's a bad habit again? It's when you realize <laughs> that you're doing it differently from the roots maybe or from so when you know when you don't know the roots and you don't have this investigation it's when you also no, don't no, question no. You what have you're a good doing point. You have a good and, point. and that's what takes us to parenting you know it's like yeah. did you it's like when i i tell a little story yeah. i used to my mom is a, is a jewish mm-hmm. and i'm coming from a jewish family eichenbaum mm-hmm. escaped from war arrived to argentina they made a life there and mm-hmm. one day i start I became scout, boy scout, but mm-hmm. they are Catholic. Ah, right. So imagine they were telling me, Luciano, to receive the promise that is the thing that you hang on your neck, mm-hmm. that is wrapped with a, with a like rope a or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we say la promesa. Mm-hmm. You need to, to be baptized, basically. And when I say that to my mom, she's like, okay, you <laughs> want to do that? I'm fine, but I want you to study everything. And she put me to mm-hmm. study about Judaism and Catholicism. And you know what? I say, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> I stay away from both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is, if mm-hmm. you investigate, if you know a little bit more, what are you going to do? I think you are not being indoctrinated. You are yeah. deciding what to do. What, to, what, to deci- what, what is going to be your way of telling? And this comes from parenting, yeah. you know, from parents. Yeah. 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 There's this old saying, you know, a lot of people, when they escape from cults, there's this old saying, I'd rather have uh, questions that I cannot answer than answers that I cannot question. Well, sometimes nice. there are people who, who, who need and they believe in, in something like that. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, is that what gives them comfort. Yeah. So we don't care 
It's mm-hmm. give, if it's giving you comfort and you trust and you believe, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said about the questions, a constant investigation, that's great. I mean, it's always fun as a teacher when a student really either challenges or engages. Why? Why do we do this? Why? Why? And, Why? It's, and Why? it's fun and it helps you to kind of reinforce, you know, what, what we know. And But sometimes I think also when I see teachers from other countries yeah. that they are not didn't learn in Argentina, mm-hmm. it's very little the room that they leave for the student to make questions. Mm-hmm. Because the way that it's being taught, it's so structural mm-hmm. that, the, that the student doesn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. It's just, it's being done in a way that it's like, then, to, oh, now arrives a teacher like Luciano. It's like, now I have to think, what am I doing? And before, I've been tell what I have to do. Right. And this is when you have a break in your dance and you say, okay, now it's not just movement. Would I have the time that I thought also that everything was about movement mm-hmm. and it's all about the period but as a teacher when you are a teacher there mm-hmm. is no way that you can indoctrinate your student in a way that he adapt, that it doesn't create in his mind like you are creating on them mm-hmm. meaning if you don't create the question in your student you are doing something wrong yeah the student mm-hmm. is, is there to question, mm-hmm. to question you, to make a question, and you answer that if you have the guts. But when you don't, mm-hmm. you usually say, okay, go and repeat. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah. And then it's done. You know what I mean? So yeah. different. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you, you meet a lot of students who might be very, very structured. They don't ask questions. They just kind of, they just want to do what they're told. So how do you encourage students to get out of that mode and to start thinking more and asking questions more? Well, I have to get out of that situation because sometimes we don't have students that they are very regular with us, meaning mm-hmm. sometimes, I, for example, we have students from Chicago that I, I see them when I'm training with Alejandra mm-hmm. uh, and them in Buenos Aires for a month. Mm-hmm. And then I see them to the next year. The students that they have regularity here, like in Mexico, they know. Mm -hmm. They know that nothing, it's, uh, everything has a certain structure, but nothing, it's, um, we have a progression in the class, but we do it in a way that they need to ask. I will never enter in this situation where, but how do I end it? I will say, end it however you want it, or or let me see how you think that ending means, you know, mm-hmm. I will try to philosophically make them think. Yeah. So that's why I meant like before, if I say, you, you, how do I exit from this step? And you say like this, mm-hmm. technically you are adoctrinating. Maybe you should say, but this is very, very strange because the way that has been taught mm-hmm. is not that way. You know what I mean? They yeah, they yeah. told me, Luciano, is this way? Why? Because it's that way. <laughs> <laughs> Just because. Mm-hmm. And then it was about it was me that it was kind of breaking apart everything that they were telling me. And then I'm not teaching that way anymore. <laughs> that the way that I be taught. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of strange, right? Yeah. It's a strange, but not <laughs> strange because uh, people changes and the humanity changes. Mm-hmm. Now we are not in 2000 or 90s when you started. I guess what Luciano means or I don't, or my idea about that mm-hmm. is that obviously how you learn mm-hmm. 
-hmm. probably is not the way that you're going to teach because mm -hmm. you are after 20 years, you're not going to be the same person. You have changed. You have learned more. You have um, enriched your life with different experiences and traveling. And mm -hmm. so that makes you already be different person. And as a different person, you'll, you are a different teacher. Like mm -hmm. Luciano, I always say that as a couple in teaching, we have different personalities. Mm -hmm. He's very philosophical, mm -hmm. super philosophical. <laughs> he questions, he makes the people go beyond tango, you know, and um, very often we have people, uh, you know, even crying, but, you know, like because they, they touch those parts that maybe in a very structured lessons, they don't go there. And I'm a little bit more structured teacher, which mm -hmm. is a good balance too, because, yeah. you know, I, I like to to give that uh, structure to the lesson or to the concept. Mm -hmm. And then with the philosophical part that Luciano is putting and the cultural part that he will put in the lesson, I think you get a good balance. Mm. Yeah. And I, balance I, for I, me is all bomb. about. I threw a bomb. Mm. She, it's like the, you know, medical A, a coming <laughs> saying, don't worry, everything's fine. I know you're scared. I will help you. <laughs> you know, um, but this is, like Alejandro says, it's a style. I am this kind of uh, very, yeah, I go very deep in my students. And that's mm -hmm. why I think our students repeat and they come back in our book that comes where we have more than 30, 40 hours of personal training. Mm -hmm. Yeah physical training, psychological training, and we have a team, mm -hmm. psychologist, nutritionist, we have a team of, so they arrive with us and mm. when they go away, they go away crying mm -hmm. because they say, my God, Luciano, Alejandra, you give me all this and now I don't know what to do with all this. So mm -hmm. maybe I won't see you again. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't but specify then, why they're crying. But they, yes? Yeah, but then yeah. they say, Luciano, you have, I learned so much, you know, yeah. the pain is gone. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's like, you know, something, it's like something that is bad in your body. You mm -hmm. touch it, oh, why it's so painful. And then sometimes you rubber more and it's more painful. And then suddenly the pain gone yeah. because it's something that releases, you know, and needs to, to be there sometimes. Mm -hmm. No, and a good teacher, I, I believe a good teacher needs to tell you the truth. Yeah. And it's to, it needs to reveal what is going on and don't give you that style of teaching that is very common now that, oh, you're doing fine. Mm -hmm. You're going to do great. No worries. Your way is a perfect one. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I like the difference between <laughs> saying maestro and profesor. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. You know, like one maestro, it's like maestro is a maestro. Mm -hmm. And teacher, it's, it's more about the time that you have with him. A maestro is more the life that you go through yeah. with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Good to think about the, the, the questions and to, to yeah, not be indoctrinated. Very, very good point there. Yeah. yeah. So how do you both practice nowadays? Uh, that's a very good question. We um, we believe that your dance starts in yourself. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of individual practicing. Yeah. Uh, we actually spend more time practicing by ourselves mm -hmm. than together because we we believe that practicing is all the time. Even, mm -hmm. you know, when, when we stand and we practice a sequence that in that moment uh, Luciano is thinking about, mm -hmm. it has to be with 
all of you in that moment on mm -hmm. or when we are doing a lesson we try to put all of ourselves in that moment mm -hmm. yeah so that that's uh we take every moment of dancing as an opportunity to practice mm -hmm. even uh when we go to the milonga obviously it's a place to relax and let go but we are also improving in that moment yeah. you know and i also spend a lot of time in practicing my individual technique mm -hmm. And especially this quarantine has been really, really revealing for me because I think it, I had lots of time to practice. Yeah. <laughs> so I created a new, well, new kind of uh, workshops, ideas for mm -hmm. myself, for my students. So the good points of quarantine is that allow me to create more and to internalize more in my own dance. Mm -hmm. So that was good. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to say something, Lucho, about practicing? Uh, <laughs> say, say it. Say it. Well, practicing, it's a very good question. Mm -hmm. See, he's going to take it to the philosophical way. Okay. Joe, let's do that. What is practice? Yeah. <laughs> well, well the thing is, it's true. It's mm -hmm. what is practice. Sometimes mm -hmm. we think that practice is repeating, right? Mm -hmm. Repeating, 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 repeating. And tango, it's something that more you repeat, mm -hmm. more you get uh, confused. Mm. sometimes robotic. yeah <laughs> no, no no not sometimes all the time, all the time. And, and not sometimes you know why because of course i have alejandra i know her i know her body and i already study her mm -hmm. and i can feel her but when you dance with someone that is different mm -hmm. even alejandra that we are dancing together since long time ago we are not the same every time so practicing mm -hmm. they have to be go through and be through only the feeling sensation first more than practicing something this is right. me now today mm -hmm. because like alejandro say i used to spend many 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 hours in practicing by myself i still do it mm -hmm. the reality is doesn't take me much into couple practicing you know that is sometimes um I use I see the students practicing by themselves, but I don't see that they're practicing imagining that they have someone in front of them. Mm -hmm. So when I practice it by myself, I always imagine like you're playing blind chess. Mm -hmm. Where is she and what she's doing and what I'm going to do, where she's going to be and everything. I'm, like she's there. So mm -hmm. to me, practicing it's about creating the idea in your head about what you're going to do or like playing black chess blind mm -hmm. you know it's like you close your eyes and you do this and you do that or shoot i forgot what the leg of the woman is now after the third step mm -hmm. now you are practicing because when you are in front of someone practicing you have to be there you can't practice that mm -hmm. what you can practice is about uh, for example, how to practice not get surprised about the, the things that they, they might happen mm -hmm. or practice what you're going to do with the frustration mm -hmm. or practice uh, what happens if doesn't happen what you want to do, what you wanted or you expected. Mm -hmm. So you can really practice something in particular. You mm -hmm. can practice what is going to happen if something is wrong mm -hmm. or what are you going to do if something is right, but practicing that specific thing like a uh, back ocho mm -hmm. sometimes our bodies are not meant to be to do the back ocho and you're practicing 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 like crazy <laughs> and never feels right mm -hmm. and then you dance with someone in buenos aires mm -hmm. that you never met before 
And then you have the most amazing song, the most amazing time that I never practiced with that person. Mm -hmm. So how do you explain that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does oh, yeah. practicing takes you to the next level? I don't know. It depends mm -hmm. how you do it. And you have to be very good mm -hmm. to practice by yourself. So, yeah, so, yeah we think that practice is not uh, just a repetition. It has right. to be a combined elements, you know, for, for a full experience. Mm -hmm. So if you got the full experience and all your senses were involved in mm -hmm. the experience, and if you got it in only one repetition, mm -hmm. we leave it there. Okay. We don't need to try right. to seek for another repetition because sometimes, sometimes you push it and it doesn't come back again because it was about the thing that you created before mm -hmm. doing that step. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But that's us in our stage of yeah. life yeah, right now. Yeah, we are more sure. about creation than uh, execution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you know, just always keeping your brain active. I like, I like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, gosh, I can feel like feel like I can talk all day with you about about tango and philosophy and such. But unfortunately, we're we're close to the uh, end of our time. So, uh, where do we find out more about both of you online? Any of our social media, we are in Facebook or Instagram, like Tango Brigante, like Luciano's last name, or you can find us in our website tangobrigante.com.mx. Okay. Or in our festival website, you know, we have this amazing mm -hmm. festival in Cancun. Yes. And it's called TangoMaya.com. Mm -hmm. TangoMayaFest. TangoMayaFest. TangoMayaFest.com. <laughs> yeah, so either there or in Tango Brigante. Okay, great. And I'll have that in our show notes so people will be able to look you up and learn more well, about maybe you. we can we can give some ads from or what are we doing yeah. in this uh, period of quarantine. Yeah. We are uh, opening an online school mm -hmm. in Facebook only for members of the group that we have. Okay. It's a very special group that they've been helping us during this quarantine. And we have been adding very special content, exclusive content only for the group of uh, Tango Brigante only members. Okay. Uh, this group was created just to put all the information and all the online classes that we've been uh, doing so the people can always come back and we are offering many things like personal training for physical body training mm -hmm. is a nutrition and all with professional not just alejandra and i we have walter alves we have lorena gavizio psychologist we have my sister sofia brigante working in, in nutrition in nutrition this is what we're doing and we invite everyone to join us in this group if you want to be part of it tango okay. brigante only members in okay. facebook in facebook in facebook great all right. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk to me. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, I hope to have a tanda with you sooner before, rather than later. <laughs> oh, hopefully, sure. hopefully. Yeah. We, we don't know what's going to happen with Tango Maya yet. We mm -hmm. think we are still waiting because we are still hope of a vaccine. But maybe that will be the day, you know, where we meet each other again and, yeah. and, and we see you in our festival. That will be an amazing place to yeah have a meeting yeah oh yes please bring all your students in the community from uh wisconsin yeah. and around <laughs> hugs to everyone well thank you very much for inviting us joe it's been uh, really a pleasure yeah. and and yeah you're always welcome to join us in in mexico or yeah. buenos aires <laughs> yeah it's been a while since i've been to mexico but yeah i'd love to go down there and i haven't been to cancun yet so that sounds like a fun fun festival heard a lot of good things about it some of my friends here have gone down they loved it it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah 
All right. Well, thank you both again so much. And uh, yeah, take care and be safe. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, man. Bye, Joe. Bye, 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 everybody. Bye. Thank you. Okay, another fun conversation. As you probably guessed, one thing that really stuck out in my mind was when Luciano said that we should live tango and not just study it. It's understandable to learn tango in a class-like setting, that's kind of what I do, and there's definitely a lot you can get from it, but to really get the full grasp of the dance, you have to go out and live and breathe it in a tango environment. And one of the first steps to wrapping your head around that idea is to understand that there's more to tango than just dancing. There's a whole social aspect to it. Pouring a glass of wine, sharing stories, discussing different ideas, getting to know the people around you and in your community. Don't forget that tango doesn't necessarily start or end on the dance floor. And I really liked what Alejandra said about being inspired. Inspiration is great, but you don't want to try copying the dancers who inspire you. If you just try copying someone's style, you're going to miss out on developing your own tango personality, and you're not going to fully understand how the dance works. You can't grow much when you're too focused on imitating others. I also liked how they warned against adopting a mindset of indoctrination when learning. Always be thinking. Always be asking or wondering, at least to yourself, why things in tango work the way they do. And don't be afraid of asking questions. I know we've brought that up before. Good teachers love questions. They love engaging with their students. And this idea of always keeping your mind engaged, it carries over into practicing. So when you're working on your ocho sacadas, don't just focus on repetition. Think beyond the steps. Think of scenarios where these steps will have to be used. Think of how they work in the broader context of dancing. So thank you again, Luciano and Alejandra, for taking the time to share your personal stories and for giving us a lot to think about. Much appreciated. And as always, a big thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to this show. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, feel free to send an email to joe at healthytango.com. Once again, that's joe at healthytango.com. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.